0: Remember we have conquered the land of Canaan, but two and a half tribes have their families back in the Transjordanian area, the land on the east side of Jordan, and uh, they've committed themselves to doing what they did, helping the people conquer the land, and now it's time for them to go back home. So chapter 22, verses 1 to 9. Did
1: we already do that? I thought we did. I thought we did thought too. Thought we, because mm-hmm. I've got notes that... That suggest that. No, I don't have any notes
2: on
0: it. I didn't hear you. Did we do? Did we do chapter twenty-two? I think
1: we did.
0: The whole thing? I
1: think. Yeah. I really thought we only had two more chapters. Yeah.
0: yeah. I thought we'd done chapter twenty-two. I also. thought we only had two more chapters. Okay, you're right. I found it. I How many verses does 22, <laughs> twenty-two have? Thirty-four. Did we We're know ready well? for 23. Oh, okay, good. <coughs> well, I thought so, but actually a bird
1: too.
0: Everybody uh, complains about my uh, advancing youth, so I thought I might have slipped a cog or something.
1: You <laughs> think you're advanced fast youth?
0: Uh, well, whatever. All right. So, chapter twenty-three. Now that we've got them on the, uh, uh, you know, everything back where they belong, we've got Joshua talking to Israel and really giving them the final challenge. By the end of the book, Joshua. Uh, will have died, so he's got you know kind of parting words um, you know, what do you want to tell the people you've conquered the land at least, you know, the strength of the enemy, they're still going to have to, uh, you know, go in and, and mop up the rest of the Canaanites in each tribe, but what do they need to hear what do they need to think about uh, as they, you know, continue on so that's kind of where Joshua's at so Joshua 23 verses 1-8 to 8.
1: Now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side and Joshua was old, advanced in years that Joshua called for all Israel for their elders and their heads and their judges and their officers and said to them I am old, advanced in years and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you for the Lord your God is he who has been fighting for you See, I have apportioned to you these nations which remain as an inheritance for your tribes, with all the nations which I have cut off, from the Jordan even to the great sea, toward the setting of the sun. The Lord your God, He shall thrust them out from before you, and drive them from before you, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Be very firm, then, to keep and do all that is written in the book of the Law of Moses, so that you may not turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, in order that you may not associate with these nations, these which remain among you, or mention the name of their gods, or make anyone swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. But you are to cling to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day.
0: Okay, so uh, Joshua calls all Israel uh, for all their leaders, and he says, "I'm and I'm not going to be around much longer. But you have seen what God has done for you, and that's the thing they needed to focus on. God is the one that had given them the victory. He had, um, you know, delivered the the land into their hand. Well, if God has been fighting for them, they need to have God remaining with them. He's the key for their success. And uh, so." He says that God will continue to be with them and will continue to drive the rest of the Canaanites out so that they can possess the land that God promised. There is some work still to be done uh, because each of the tribes will have some Canaanites remaining in the land that they will have to drive out. They have some work to do. But the key to having the Lord's presence and the Lord gaining the victory is verse 6, they have to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, not turning aside to the right or to the left. It's interesting that the key to their victory isn't military strategy. It's obedience, strict obedience to the will of God. That's the thing that's going to make them victorious and successful in the military campaign. And does that remind you of anything when he says, you know, do what God says, don't turn aside to the right hand or to the left? Did Moses say that
1: one?
0: Yeah, to who? It'd
1: be to Joshua and the people.
0: Right, and and even in Joshua one, as Mo, after Moses dies, the Lord says to Joshua, to not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. That's Joshua one seven. So Joshua repeats the instructions he's gotten from Moses and from the Lord to this next generation. They need to have the same commitment to walk in the ways of God that he had had and that the people of this generation has had. That means no association with the nations, uh, no uh, worship of their gods, but they must cling to the Lord. Uh, They they can't provoke the Lord to jealousy. They have to be exclusively loyal to him with no mixture of any of the other gods of these nations around them. That Those are the orders. Those are Joshua's, uh, you know, concerns as he is speaking to these people right before he dies. Comments and thoughts? You know, it's
3: interesting. It says that there was peace. I mean, that they were... You know, basically conquered it. Uh, it's a little confusing. You never really see that. Uh, I guess there's a couple things about it. One, it appears that through this time they've actually obeyed the Lord, <laughs> which is very unusual. That is, and they oh. have, and that is, uh, is remarkable. Uh, <coughs> and he had given them rest from all their enemies. Obviously, that's kind of a generic statement and not real, not down to the per to you know every enemy per man. That's
0: correct. Um, He's given them great deliverance and great victories, but it doesn't mean there's not still work to do in driving the rest of them out.
3: And Joshua obviously is... um how much older than all the rest of the people at this point? <laughs> yeah, good question. He
0: dies at 110, but we're not sure. Um, wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't, it was Caleb, I think, that we know that was 85 at some point.
1: Right.
0: I'm not sure that we ever have a statement about how old Joshua was when they
1: But we there. can assume that he's probably a contemporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no, know, yeah. um, but... So he are. was at least... 20 years.
2: We know he was, he was over 20 years of age before they had to go into... Uh, so they before they went to wandering because they were the only two right. and Moses who lived through it all. So he was at away. least
1: 60 because he was at least 20 when mm-hmm. he was a spy at the 40, so he was at least 60. And if he and was everybody, a el- man,
0: everybody else was under 60. He was over 60. That's what we know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But likely he was quite a bit over 60. You know, he may have been 80 or 90 or whatever at that point. So he may have been 20 or 30 years older than anybody else. Other thoughts?
2: Something else I thought of: um, how he's, you know, how you said he's warning them not to stray to the left or right of what of what they're supposed to be doing, and um, and the comment was made that apparently they've been doing things right uh, throughout this time of conquest, and if you kind of think about that in a more now type of translated, um, how we're serving the Lord and how he and how we're winning battles or losing battles. Um, it was easy for the Israelites to continue following the Lord when they're winning battle after battle, because they clearly see the work of the Lord in every battle. And they're watching, they're watching this. Likewise, it would be easy for all of us to keep our fervor in the Lord and continue doing His will um, as flawlessly as we possibly can if there are several visitors every sunday and then and and they keep coming back all the time and our church is continually growing you know consistently to the to the extent that you know we're having to like start sending people out to make other congregations um but since we don't see that all the time there are it's it's easy for us to kind of Sit back and become lax in what we do, because it seems it almost seems like we've gotten to the point where there's not many other people out there who want to hear this.
0: Discouraging circumstances can uh, dismotivate us from following the Lord. Sometimes success can make us uh, overconfident and relaxed too. You know, the devil can use any circumstance. Yeah. But we have need to have the commitment. If if we're down or if we're up, we serve the Lord. But that's a good point. That is something that, you know, discourages us sometimes.
3: So, would this have been the transition from from them fighting as a complete nation to where now they're fighting as individual tribes? I think
0: so. Yeah, because that's where judges will start out. You know, giving the land to the tribes and every tribe, kind of a tribe by tribe evaluation of how they did. about 9 to
3: 16? The Lord has driven out great and strong nations from before you, and as for you, no man has stood before you to this day. One of your men puts to to flight a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you just as he promised you. So take diligent heed to yourselves to love the Lord your God, for if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations, these which remain among you, and intermarry with them, so that you associate with them, and they with you. Know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you. but they shall be a snare, and a trap to you, and a whip on your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Now behold, today I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your <clears throat> your hearts, and all your souls, that you are, there that not one word of all the good words which the Lord God, your God has spoken concerning you has failed, all have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. And it should come about that just as all the good words which the Lord your God spoke to you have come upon you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the threats until he has destroyed you from the, off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. <clears throat> when, you when you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. Then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and you shall perish quickly from off the good land which he has given you.
0: Okay, so again (coughs) we're seeing the Lord has given them success. God has strengthened them. They have conquered. It's easy to lose our dependence on God when things are going well. That may be more the idea here. And he says, take diligent heed to yourselves to love the Lord your God. Which is an interesting thing, because sometimes we don't think so much about the need to love God in the Old Testament. But really, if you start looking at Deuteronomy, you see that all over the place. You see that here. God wanted them not just to do some things. He wanted them to truly love God. He wanted a close relationship with his people you know he wanted them to be devoted to him because of all the great things he had done for them and so he says really will really he take diligent heed to love the lord your god if you ever go back and and into paganism again you know god will quit giving you victories he won't drive these nations out before you anymore and they'll end up being thorns in your side so you've got to continue to serve the lord and continue to have that clean break with the nations. Notice in verse 8, they were to cling to the Lord your God. In verse 12, they were not to cling to the rest of these nations. You know, you you have, you have cling to one or the other. You know, and if you cling to God, then you're not supposed to cling to the, the nations. It would be like, you know, running around on your, your husband or whatever. And so, just as they needed to be faithful... To conquer, so they need to be faithful to continue to drive them out. Now, he says, you think about, in verse 14, how God had fulfilled every word he spoke to bless them. You know, the, all that God said has been fulfilled. He, there, he hasn't reneged on any promise he gave them for blessing." But just like God would fulfill His promises to bless, God is just as reliable to fulfill His threats to punish if they are unfaithful. You know, and and you know, God God is uh, is reliable. He's true to His word, whether His word is a word of blessing or a word of punishment. So the fact that they had been able to trust God and they had seen his promises fulfilled in blessing should make them really pay attention to the threats and know that God will be just as as sure to destroy them if they transgress the covenant. So when you think about what could cause Israel to be defeated, it's not military issues. It's spiritual issues. You know, and they're not going to be defeated because they didn't get the latest weaponry or because they didn't raise the biggest army or they didn't have the best training facilities. They're defeated, it'll be because they're not with the Lord and the Lord has left them. Comments and thoughts. Chapter 24. He, uh, brings the people together again, and he reviews-